Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Hey, you, everybody, thank you so much for connecting with us today for All Together. I hope the singing has really touched your heart like it touched mine. I wave my hand in my living room every single Sunday, friends. And so I hope it has connected with you like we feel the connection here. And we are going to build off of what happened last week. Chelsea, as well as myself, we talked about pride last week and how that can be a roadblock in our relationships with God as well as our relationships with others. And we don't need to allow pride to hinder us. And so in our November series, we're talking about relationships and roadblocks. And the second installment of this series is about to happen. And I'm uber excited. And so today I want us to focus on an ungrateful speed bump that can lead to a roadblock. I'll say that again. An ungrateful speed bump that can lead to a roadblock. Friends, I understand the reason for speed bumps. I mean, I get them. You know, speed bumps exist to prevent drivers from speeding, you know, hitting 90 miles an hour in neighborhoods where there may be schools or a need for decreased speed. Well, I understand the reason for speed bumps but when there are so many speed bumps right after each other, y'all, that can be flat out annoying. And as much as I understand the reason for speed bumps, I admit we have a hmm, come see, come saw kind of so-so relationship with speed bumps. You see, we want speed bumps to be the correct height. We don't want it to be so high where it scratches the bottom of our car. We don't want a whole lot of them. We want just the right amount of speed bumps. But a speed bump is far better than a roadblock. Hmm. Speed bumps, we can roll over and continue traveling. But a roadblock, that's a barrier on the road that causes us to stop. Friends, in our lives, being ungrateful is a barrier that hurts our relationship with God and can even hurt our relationship with others. Today, the goal, the goal is for us to view what's said by Jesus in Luke chapter six, verses 27 through 36. And it's for us to allow these words to impact our hearts in such a way that we will walk around life grateful. Jesus, in his famous Sermon on the Mount, is literally attempting to impact the hearts of his listeners in ancient times as well as today, saying, you don't need to be ungrateful, but we in turn should live a life where we're grateful for every moment. Friends, this is chronicled by a brother by the name of Luke. Luke was this well-educated brother who loved talking about Jesus. He loved talking specifically about how Jesus related to individuals from all walks of life. 
Luke examines how Jesus poured out generously his love to everyone, even those who were not wealthy or who may not have been a part of the in crowd in society. Luke was not only well educated, but Luke was a physician and a mighty good one, I'd like to add. But however great Luke was as a physician, he understood that in his life and in all of our lives, Jesus is the supreme healer. And as we will notice today, Jesus is able to help us even when we experience entitled moments, ungrateful moments. And Jesus, when we allow his words to touch our heart, has the ability to transform our ungrateful moments into a lifestyle of gratefulness. And so today in Luke chapter six, specifically in verses 27 through 30, there's a big lesson because if we're going to be able to roll over a speed bump of ungratefulness, we must understand what grateful people do and who they are. Grateful people, in verses 27 through 30, they're givers. Jesus says, grateful people are givers. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, but I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold leaving your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Friends, in these verses, verses 27 through 30, Jesus is saying, hey, you're going to be a Jesus follower. Well, be grateful and serve others. You're going to be a Jesus follower, right? Well, be grateful and pray for others. Offer mercy instead of hatred to others and give without conditions. Why? Because God has blessed us with life so that we may help others. See, for many of us, if not all of us, we hear Luke chapter six, verses 27 through 30. And we say to ourselves, Jesus, that's a whole lot. <laughs> See, we instead would like to remix the verses, kind of like our favorite rap song. We would like to say something like this, but God, I say to you, leave your enemies alone. That's what I want to do. If they dislike you, then we should be able to dislike them. If they curse or abuse us, then we should have the license to return the same action. If anyone hits us, then we should be able to hit them back. And if someone takes away our coat, then we really shouldn't give them any more. We've given them enough. If someone asks one time for something and we can help, then yeah, we should, but not multiple times. That's just needy. Reciprocity is a real thing. Friends, sadly, that's our remix. Sadly, that's our perspective. But guess what, y'all? I'm going to step on your feet and you can just type out. That's not biblical. God pushes us beyond our perspective, beyond our entitlement, beyond our ungrateful moments. Through these commands, we notice that for us to roll over the speed bump called ungrateful, we must realize that grateful people are givers. 
They give of their time. They give of their prayers. They give of their mercy. Friends, grateful people serve others. They pray for others. They give grace to others and are grateful for others simply because they understand that they serve a great God. <laughs> they serve a God who provides love and helps each of us every single day. Friends, you want to roll over your ungrateful moments instead of making them a roadblock. Well, understand that grateful people are givers, but grateful people are not only givers. Guess what? Grateful people, they mirror unwavering love always. <laughs> Listen to verses 31 through 34 of Jesus's words that he shows us that grateful people mirror unwavering love always. The text says, do to others as you will have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. Do you hear the invitation to mirror unwavering love instead of exclusive love? I mean, it's right there in your face because in Luke chapter six, verses 31 through 34, the text is nudging us to love everyone, not just those who are in our inner circle. This text is leading us to follow Jesus in the way we love and to generously pour out our love to everybody, even those who are difficult. Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount is offering ways that every Jesus follower should live, which honors God and it promotes harmony, not dissonance in the world. You see, the mark of a Jesus follower is proven by the unwavering love shown to everyone they encounter. Unwavering love, unwavering generosity, unwavering goodness should be shown to the homeless person as well as the affluent family. Friends, we do not get to select who we love, but we are to exhibit unwavering love to all. Friends, these are not my words, but our good savior named Jesus himself states this. I know this is a bit uncomfortable because Jesus is challenging us to look beyond what serves us and ask the great question of what serves others. Jesus prompts us to reflectively ask, how are we serving someone else? How are we offering everyone unwavering goodness? unwavering love, unwavering and much needed grace. Recently, I have noticed many people fighting and arguing in our world today. I mean, you can see it from the workplace to the grocery store and even on the highway where you see people raising up their middle fingers in road rage. But in all of these fears, many of us tend to fill these spaces with busyness as our excuse. We say, well, I'm busy, so that's why I'm angry. <laughs> you say, I'm busy, so that gives me license to be sarcastic. Well, I'm busy, so I don't have time, so that gives me a reason to be apathetic. But Jesus, 
in our text tells us to not allow busyness or emotions to cause us to lose focus. He's telling us that we are to exhibit love even in our busyness, goodness even in our busyness, grace even in our busyness. And this is to be an unwavering standard. Friends, we got to understand something. God has set this standard for us and he wants us to hit it every single day. It's not something so, so crazy, but God through Jesus is asking us, will you love everybody? He's telling us that's the mark of a true disciple. Don't believe me? Flip on over to John chapter 13, verse 35. And the text says, this is Jesus talking by this. Everyone will know that you are a Jesus follower, not by how much money you give, not by how many times you can quote such and such different scripture, not by how many times that you can tell everybody I'm a Jesus follower, not even by how many times you can wear 99 WWJD braces like I do. He says they will know you are my disciple if you love one another. Friends, we are unwavering in our love when we care for others instead of remaining addicted to our comfort. We are unwavering in our love when we open up our hearts and eyes to notice goodness in all people. We are unwavering in our love as we love everyone, no matter their color, the class, the difference, their height, their weight, or any other characteristic. Jesus, he says in the kingdom of God, all of creation deserves unwavering love. And if there is ever a question of how to exhibit unwavering love, Jesus says, just look at me. Look at how I love. Look at how I give to you. Look at the grace I give to you. Look at how I provide for you, even when you continuously sin. Friends, the challenge for us is to model Jesus. The challenge for us is to model Jesus even when we don't feel like it, even when it's difficult, even when people are difficult. Because if we are grateful for what God is doing and will do for us, friends, we'll roll over those ungrateful moments because we know that the Savior gives us every reason to be grateful. Friends, if we're going to roll over these ungrateful moments, we have to understand that grateful people are givers. Secondly, we've learned from Jesus's words that grateful people, they mirror unwavering love always. But yet in verses 35 through 36, the last part of this scripture in Jesus's Sermon on the Mount teaches us that grateful people model mercy consistently. Grateful people model mercy consistency. Friends, Consistently, friends, mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one power to punish or harm. Hmm. See, if you have a problem exhibiting mercy, I want you to think about your imperfections for a moment. Then thank God that in the midst of your imperfection, God continues dispensing his mercy. Hmm. In the midst of maybe a lying tongue, in the midst of maybe an apathetic action, in the midst of maybe a hateful action, God still wakes you up. Mm. In the midst of possibly furthering racism, in the midst of furthering a prideful agenda, God still loves you. 
In the midst of whatever your imperfection may be, God graciously pours out his mercy on each and every one. And guess what? In verses 35 through 36, Jesus is saying, will you go and do likewise? Listen to what he says. Beginning at verse 35, Jesus says, but love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. In Jesus's sermon, he is echoing that mercy is not an occasional action. Instead, mercy must be modeled consistently if you're going to live a grateful lifestyle. Jesus says that when you are grateful, you love even your enemies. You treat your enemies with goodness, even though they're hateful. You treat your enemies with mercy and you make this your norm. <laughs> Why? Because God is merciful to all of us. So it means that even though you may deal with some haters, no, you don't need to meet them at their level. No, you don't need to give them a piece of your mind. No, you don't need to make a status about them. Jesus says in his Sermon on the Mount, you still, as a Jesus follower, have a responsibility to give mercy. <laughs> Friends, this is for the grown up section right here. <laughs> this is not for the immature section because Jesus is pushing us and saying, get out your feelings and have some faith. He's pushing us saying, listen, I know they made you mad. I know they hurt you. I know it's still lingering in your life and you maybe have some unforgiveness in your heart. But I need for you to be a merciful believer, because when you are a merciful believer, you are functioning in the ways of God. And friends, I want you to understand something. It steps on my feet, but we got to be faithful to the text. God is more concerned about us following him in all our ways instead of following following our anger in all of our hurt. God is so into us graduating, becoming mature Jesus followers that sometimes he's like, yes, I'm concerned with how you're feeling. I understand the pain is evident. I know it's hurtful. I know what they did to you, but can you give them mercy? Why? Because your reward <laughs> is in heaven. <laughs> Your reward will be eternal. Your reward is that you get to walk with me and I get to walk with you. Friends, we have to stop sometimes wanting instant gratification and pain for our enemy and instead give instant love to our enemy. Friends, we all benefit and receive the mercy of God. But how many of us can really attest that we have extended mercy to somebody else? Friends, we live in a culture where we don't want to extend mercy. We just want to counsel you. We just want to be done with you. We say, you know what? I rock with those who rock with me. But that's not biblical, friends. That's what society is saying. And Jesus is asking and inviting us to be countercultural. Friends, our responsibility is to be a mercy giver, not just a church attender. We're supposed to be a mercy giver. And that's our responsibility this week and beyond. I once heard a story about a little boy who asked his mother if she'd make him a peanut butter sandwich. His mother said, I sure will. She took out the bread, 
the peanut butter and she started smearing that peanut butter with a good butter knife all on the bread. However, his mother went back to the refrigerator and she grabbed another condiment. It happened to be grape jelly. And she put some jelly on the bread and she sliced it in half like a loving mother would do. And she gave it to the young man that had asked for a peanut butter sandwich. He looked at the sandwich for a moment and he smiled and he said, Mom, I only asked you for a peanut butter sandwich. And she said, I know I put jelly on it, too. Friends, I want you to understand that's a picture of mercy. See, mercy is when God not only gives us what we ask for, but it's where he adds a little bit extra as well. Friends, God specializes in giving us more than what we ask for. When we roll over our entitlement and roll over our ungrateful moments to look to our savior. <laughs> Friends, that's when God is pleased. If you want to make your ungrateful moment a speed bump that you roll over and continue traveling towards your destination, then understand what grateful people do. Jesus preached in his sermon on the Mount that grateful people, they give us, they serve others, they pray for others, they give mercy to others, but grateful people, they exhibit unwavering love. They're not caught up in just their feeling, but they're caught up in the mandate and responsibility that I can love you even when you don't like me. But friends, grateful people, they exhibit mercy consistently. It's their norm. It's the essence of who they are 24-7, 365 days a year. They're offering mercy instead of counsel culture. Friends, Jesus' words, they prick us. Because to get over ungrateful moments, they cause us to extend mercy. And sometimes we like to say, well, that person doesn't deserve my forgiveness. That person deserves what's coming to them. And this is when Jesus says, can I hold a mirror up to your life? When you lied, when you were sinful, when you did something and you needed my mercy. Jesus is pushing us in Luke six and he's saying, I love you in spite of you. I care for you in spite of you. You need to care for someone else in spite of them waking up on the wrong side of the bed, in spite of them sometimes being maybe less than desirable, because when we do, we're following God and not just our emotions. Our together takeaway is a very short statement, but I hope it continues flowing with you through this week is this grateful people are mercy givers daily. <laughs> grateful people are mercy givers daily. I don't know who's watching this and where you may be spiritually, but I know when I read Jesus's words, I was like, man, <laughs> you are pushing us here to not only forgive, but to do something and to give something. And I know that people can hurt you. I know sometimes it's the people that are the closest to us that hurt us the most sometimes. But I wanna say something to you. Jesus is with us even in our pain. Jesus walks with us even in our hurt. And if we're gonna be a Jesus, a mature Jesus follower, we have to learn how to give mercy instead of giving people a piece of our mind. And so I want to pray for you. And I want to do that right now. Let's pray together. 
Gracious God, we understand that pain is present. We know that there have been some instances where we've been hit and rocked to our core. But God, even in these times, God, help us to forgive others as you forgive us. Help us that even when it's in our power to do something cruel or evil, help us, God, to dispense love instead of hate. Help us, God, to be mercy givers daily. And anybody watching this, whatever the situation may be, heal their hearts, heal their mind, whatever pain that they may be going through, be with them, God. Be the God of all comfort that we know as Jesus. In Christ's name, amen. If you're watching this and you don't have a relationship with the God of all comfort who literally sent Jesus to die for you, I want you to have that relationship. You need that relationship. And you can accept Jesus into your heart from right where you are. If you're ready, I'm ready. All you have to do is repeat a very short prayer after me. Let's do it. I admit that I am a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Christ died for me. And I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. In Christ's name, amen. If you've just uttered that prayer, heaven is excited and so are we. We want to know about it. Whether you just uttered that prayer or you have many other prayer requests, you can let us know about that. We want to pray with you. We want to talk about salvation with you. And you can do so by going to alltogether at spdl.org. You can email us there, alltogether at spdl.org. If by chance you want to sow into this ministry, you can do so by going to spdl.org. Now, friends, all the grateful people, then you're grateful by now because we're rolling over that little speed bump. Now, check this out. In the month of December, December 7th and December 8th, check this out. We are going to do a Christmas during finals outreach where we're going to go to Georgia Tech as well as Georgia State. And we're going to give out a lunch at Christmas in front of the Baptist Collegiate Ministries. You can all participate in this. You can give to this outreach or you can even write a little letter. But hey, we need your help so that we can impact at least 300 students. And so guys, if you're grateful, if God has blessed you, he didn't bless you just for you. He blessed you that you will be a blessing to somebody else. So help us reach a goal of serving 300 students during finals so that their life can be made better during taking all those tests. Remember this, grateful people, their mercy give us daily. I want you to have an amazing week and join us back here next week as we talk more about roadblocks and relationships. Have a great one. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.